1: Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune into the Future of Entrepreneurship of G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hello world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball had Hello world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball had a little secret sauce to it. <laughs> uh, never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. You know, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school.
1: What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to The Future of Entrepreneurship, of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team.
3: Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up?
2: Hello, world. How's everybody doing? I am worn out, crazy weekend. Ace, I know you had a great weekend without any BS. Let's get straight into this because you told me the people have been clamoring. They've been waiting for the preseason stuff. I don't know what you had on schedule. I want to get ready. I want to talk about that.
3: Yeah, I mean, first, first, though, you said that you were – Super tired and everything from this weekend. We meant to actually get this in, if I'm not mistaken, on the last episode. So tell the people what you can tell them. I don't know what all you're at liberty to tell them, but let the people know what kind of special stuff you got going on.
2: I will. Say, yeah, I can't say much, but it is something very, very big for all of Houdé Nation. It's going to be something that we're doing real, real crazy. Uh, actually, for all the fan bases we're there we're with their representation, it just so having me and my, my guy Tony the tiger we we linked up finally like I've taken pictures with him at tailgates and stuff but he takes pictures with millions of people so he probably don't even remember me but um we right. we had a we had a we yeah he, he was like I don't even remember taking that picture but man you he's picture so, that's on your youtube right on my YouTube I said bro that's my picture <laughs> and he was like I I never even remember taking that picture so all this time you know of course we follow each other and stuff but he probably doesn't, he doesn't even know that that's my avatar. For, anyway, but had a great time represented. He did his thing. I know I did my thing. Um, I got a chance to tell my story a lot uh, for the, for Bengals. And I think that, I think the Bengals uh, crowd is going to like this, uh, but it's just brand new and it's, in it's major on a major network, major, you know, like we're talking major, probably billboard campaign ad type stuff like that. I wouldn't even yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't spare you details if it was like some random stuff, you know what I mean? Facts, so it's
3: facts. Facts. Um Zim, we got some feedback coming through on your end. I don't know if it's from the headset. It's kind of staticky a little bit. Um so we'll get that together, but Is it like it now?
2: To, say it again. Is it, is it like, like it now? A little bit. Okay, all right.
3: Yeah, so Uh, Moving on, I'll talk about Zim had his trip. I'll talk about uh, my trip to uh, Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. One thing that I will say, one thing that that really, I mean, I'm not too surprised because I've been to Jacksonville. I've been to areas in, in Florida where I've seen a lot of Bengals fans. There were a lot of Bengals fans at Raymond James Stadium on Saturday for this preseason game. And not only were they from Florida, there were a lot of people flying in from all over the country. I think I even saw some people said they came from South Carolina. There were a lot of Bengals fans that showed up for this game. I saw so many people wearing the new stripes. It was crazy. I actually also ended up seeing someone wearing the Trace Migo shirt, which was crazy. So shout out to um, my guy that I met there. I think he's actually from Georgia, says that he listens to the show all the time. That was That was breathtaking. But being in that environment, it was crazy. I saw someone with a CJ Uzoma jersey. So, man, it was, it was crazy. So when I got there, I actually ended up getting there a little bit late. The game had already started. I ended up missing Chase's um, catch. And I think I caught, like, a size sack maybe, but I caught it because I was coming inside of the stadium. It was a nice stadium. All the people there were cool. Obviously, the Bucks were just coming off of a Super Bowl, but they were cool. We were on the Bengals side; it wasn't too much trash really been, being 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 talked. A lot of it was, for the most part, uh, Bengals fans talking trash. Honestly, in the section that I was sitting at, I was right behind the Bengals bench, kind of in the corner, and it was a it was a lot of who they fans going crazy during that game. Uh, but for me. It was all in all a great experience. It was just dope to just, you know, it was just dope to be around Hootay Nation. Like to go around and my friend that I went, uh, actually with, he's a Bucks fan. He was surprised. He was like, "Are all of these like Bengals fans?" I was like, "Yeah, we don't, we don't play when it comes to that." So it was a dope experience. Obviously, we got the dub, so that was good. Being able to see everybody in person was was fire. Zach Taylor was actually taller than I I knew that he was. I didn't know Zach Taylor was that tall. Um, Zach Taylor was definitely plugged in all game. I saw Jackson Carmen on the sideline. I saw Raleigh Reef talking to him, giving him some pep talks before he went in. Uh, another thing that stood out to me: Joe Mixon before Jacquez ripped off like that long run in the end. Joe Mixon that went over to him and dapped him up and told him something before he went in for that drive. So uh, definitely was a dope experience. Chase was Chase. Chase was so cool. He looked like a leader on the sideline. That's one thing I'll say, like the poise that Chase kind of had, he kind of looked cool, calm and collected on the sideline. Tyler Boyd was over there, Bates. They were just having fun. So it was dope to see those guys uh, in person, obviously, and, you know, it was it was amazing. We stayed the entire game. Uh, Bucks fans, I even think were interested as well because they had Kyle Trask. They wanted to see him. Um, so it was cool to see all of that in person. Chris Evans going in for the touchdown. You probably saw my video on Twitter uh, with that. That was a dope moment. It was it was just cool to kind of see like everybody up and close and personal. And obviously, uh, we'll get to see that more throughout the season. Me and Zim are going to be in the Natty Week One. We'll be there Week Four. Uh, but it all in all, it was a great experience, bro. Like I was pulling out in the driveway or out of the parking lot, seeing Bengals fans yelling who everybody was yelling who they. It was, it was lit. That's all I can say is it was a great time. Uh, but let's get into the meat and potatoes while you're here. Zem, what were your takeaways, uh, would you say, as far as from the Bengals-Bucks game? You're on mute. We can't hear you.
2: Are we going good, bad, or ugly? Like what what are we starting? Let's start start with with the
3: let's start with the ugly. Let's get in, let's get into it. Let's start with the ugly. All right, we gotta end on the good
2: note. (laughs) All right. So the ugly is Jackson Carmen is who I thought he was. I guess like at this point right now, he's not ready to from now to week one, he won't be ready to start an NFL game. Like I just I can't see it right now unless he just comes out and just does something magnificent. But um he he wasn't terrible or anything like that it's just um we don't have enough time but there's a couple plays that I I would like to point out where he just didn't he doesn't he's not he he hasn't figured out how to get from the tackle position to the guard position all right so that uh the kid vogel uh, is is has to be cut <laughs> at some point. <laughs> that was probably one of the like I I I didn't think they were gonna leave him in that long. He he was not. He didn't look good at all. Um. Aside from that, I thought that there were some things, some calls and stuff that went our way, like penalties and everything like that, where there was some pass protection that wasn't really good, but it was a penalty. I forgot what the what the play was. Cause was, my,
3: uh, yeah. There
2: were a lot of penalties, and Bucks fans were getting upset. It it, it was a lot of penalties, and on a lot of them plays that got penalized, those were a lot of plays that, you know, like, went in favor where guys were beat. Like, when we walked out of this, everybody was like, man, it was some real... Well, I was actually listening to Anthony Cazenza um on you know on Cincy Jungle with us too. And he started off his show where he's kind of pointing out some of the places that I'm talking about where it probably gets swept under the mat because it didn't really count, you know, but there were some places that didn't look really good. Those are the the things that I think everybody was looking at offensive line play, right? So that was the main thing that I was checking for. I do have a confession. I couldn't see the whole entire game. I'm walking through New York, like, and they had me doing some stuff with this campaign, and I was able to like catch in and out. So I had to go watch a replay. But as we know, like all 22s, I had somebody send me like the most important plays, all this stuff like that. So I didn't get to see the live game. So that that kind of messed me up a little bit. But I did grasp a lot of the different. Like, when you get into the good, I think I'll have a lot more, <laughs> right?
3: Nah, nah, that's facts. I think, like, as far as, for me, in terms of, of some of the bad, obviously, some of the fumbles early on in the in the game, it seemed like there were, like, two times where the Bengals uh, could have put some more points on the board. And the first fumble from Samaj Piran, I literally was in line, uh, I believe, getting some nachos or something. And we looked up, and I was like, let's get it, and then – he got stripped. And so there were there were a lot of turnovers in right. that aspect of it. I would probably also say another negative for me. It's hard to honestly, it was it was a mixed bag. There was the one where it was, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was like a fumble interception. It was a really weird play. Like right, honestly. Right. The yeah, interception, was, and
2: then he goes, he starts running, and then he fumbles the ball, but then fumbles um, the ball
3: back to us, like <laughs> yeah, right back
2: to us. So it, it turns out to be a highlight play, but that wasn't a good play.
3: That really wasn't a good play, like you said, and then um
2: for that, me that was Mike Thomas, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was Mike Thomas. Yeah, I think it was Mike Thomas. Another thing for me, I probably say if we gotta talk about, I guess, the negatives, I would probably say there was a lack of death at the receiver position. After Trent Taylor and Auden Tate left the game, it just seemed like they were just forcing it to Trent Irwin like every single play. Erwin, Ir- like no, a dog, though. He is a dog, but it was like, that I, catch, I, thought number, that was the,
2: I thought that was the best catch of the game. The number 14, they were, smacked.
3: they were trying to force it to like number 14, but like after a while, it was like, and, and you're right, Irwin is a dog, but it was like, they were throwing up, like, Megatron jump. Like, he's not a tall dude, right? So you're not going to expect, like, him to kind of Randy Moss a catch him. At some points, it felt like they were kind of forcing it to him. Uh, but, you know, I definitely noticed a drop-off, I guess I could say, after the starters were out. Obviously, that's not really a cause of concern because we got the Migos, we got Auden Tate. Uh, but it didn't seem like there was anybody really worth keeping, after Auden Tate and Trent Taylor and I guess maybe Trent and Irwin, it didn't really seem like there was you know, other guys that really made an impact. Um, that's all I really got for the, the ugliness is just the turnovers, lack of depth at a receiver. I could complain about the quarterback. I wasn't the biggest fan of Kyle Shermer. When I looked at his, his box score, it looks decent. But when I saw him in person, it was he threw the
2: pick six. Who and- said – Hold up. Somebody says Skyline is better than Midwest barbecue. I'm here to tell you people that this, that's like saying Michael Jordan is better than LeBron James, right? Like why does it have to be a competition of two goats? Let Skyline be a goat, but Midwest barbecue is a go-to spot for wings. If you're in the Ohio area, you better check it out. Don't try to put Michael Jordan against LeBron today. We're going to let both of those goats exist right facts facts. (laughs) I'm sorry I just jumped in it because I I needed a way to talk about Midwest anyway because those are my people over there good spot make sure you guys check that out great supporter of the show we love everything that they do there and we have a special announcement because we are going to be doing something really really cool week four so if you're in town be on standby because we might pull up and it might be a player or two or whatever but you might want to be at Midwest Barbecue, and Skyline doesn't really have that right now. Skyline should oh, hit, yeah. Skyline should hit us up, though, if they know what I know. But, you know. Facts. That's facts. I, uh, I do have a good segue, though, for what you were going to say. One bad thing, but it's a good transition, is Chris mm-hmm. Evans. Even Callahan alluded to this earlier today. He had a statement that said that Chris Evans needs to learn that he can't run like he used to in college. Some of those players don't exist. I think it was kind of taken out of context a little bit because there are some plays where dudes are literally in the backfield and Chris Evans is still trying to juke and make a play. So he had had four plays that were negative yardage. On those plays, I feel like he, you know, tried to make a bigger play. But the, the good side of him, though, transitioning over to good, is Chris Evans, like, I don't know if the plan for Joe Mixon is going to be like what they thought it was. If we're watching teams that go on Super Bowl runs and do really, really good things, they preserve like, you know, like how they wore um, what's your boy um with the Rams girly, how they ran him down. And Zach Taylor, when he first got here, that was one of the first things that he was talking about, keeping veterans fresh, giving guys days off. It's a bunch of super chats. I- I'm going to get to. It. But Chris Evans was was out there balling. Uh, you know, when you say he reminds you of Reggie Bush on one of our shows, he looked sure. like Reggie Bush. He looked like, like Reggie Bush out there. And that's not to say he's Reggie Bush. He looked like him. He, he played at that speed. It was not too big for him. He had a great interview after the game where he's saying like, man, when I got out there, them dudes was big. But then when the right. second string came out, I was like, yeah, that's more my speed right there. <laughs> I thought that was real like funny and authentic. But at the same time, he he could catch like crazy. His run-blocking grade from PFF was 74. It was third on the team out of, I think, eight different reps in pass-blocking. Oh, no, actually four. So out of that, I just feel like that little bit of sample size lets us know that he can come in and fill that go role right away. I don't know what their role is for Piran early on, right? But right. you got to think on third down, he probably be the first guy coming off. Like, if Mixon doesn't get that that particular snap, Chris yeah. Evans is making a big big campaign for him to be the GO right now and i think the talent like i was telling someone about jackson carmen it was like you gotta let carmen sit i was like listen talent gonna rise to the top no matter what you do it doesn't matter what you do in life like if chris evans come out there balling bro suit him like what what do we we're not Mm -hmm. holding on to nothing like ain't we all trying to win right now so chris evans was a big big like boom and there's, there's some other players i'm pretty sure you're gonna reference
3: yeah, before before I get into them, the other negatives that I forgot to mention, Billy Price didn't have a great impact on this game. Xavier Suofilo, I saw him in there super late. Didn't really see much from him in terms of him making a statement. Uh, the tackles obviously were bad as well, but we'll get into some of the other ones. But before we get into those, we, we do have some super chats to address real quick. So from my man, uh, Mr. Whisper, what do you guys think is stopping the Bengals from seeking out players? still out there like Ryder and Easton if the guards are struggling so much. I mean, honestly, I'm going to be real. I don't think that like we're going to get into some of the positive ones. I think there are some guards on this roster um, that did play solid. I will say for all the Michael Jordan slander that, that has come this offseason, I think that he played extremely solid. Deontay Smith played extremely well. Uh, you know, Quentin Spain in limited fashion. I mean, he was playing off of coming off of an injury. I think that they're going to be fine. So when you and, talk and, about and 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 Fred.
2: Easy, no Fred, no Fred,
3: no Fred, no Fred either. So Fred is definitely going to steady up this ship for sure. You could definitely see that Frank Pollock. Um, and his touch of technique has definitely helped influence some of those guys. Not to say that there aren't guys struggling, right? Because Jackson Carmen did have a mixed bag, as Zen pointed out earlier, as one of the ugly ones. And then obviously, you talk about Xavier Suafilo as well. Um, uh, but I think that they're they're moving somewhere. Billy Price is another one. I don't know if you consider him a guard center. Uh, but I think that Ryder and Easton at the end of the day, you got to look in the mirror and say there's 32 other teams. Is there a reason that they're still out there?
2: Right, possibly. Same reason Rick Wagner and all these guys. Rick Wagner, I went on his Instagram, He living his best life. And uh, I mean, <laughs> not, I mean, not Wagner's uh, Mitchell Swartz because somebody, like, somebody was like, Why won't they get Mitchell Swartz? I'm like, Mitchell Swartz in the water, Mitchell Swartz everywhere in the world. He's like, Forget football, bro. And he got. He got a lot of bank. So he's not really tripping off the money, probably.
3: Facts.
2: Um, I, I did want to say though, like on on the line play though, Fred Johnson uh should be suiting up Friday. So that that will shore up some of the depth. So Friday, the game against the Washington football team, I'll be there front row and center, 50 yes, yard line. So I'll be able to give you my ace report when I come back from Washington. I'm gonna go live too. So if you guys go on Instagram or Twitter or something, I'm gonna in my mind, if, as long as my internet connection is crispy, I'm going to go live with you at some point on Twitter, and I'm going to go uh, live with the people at some point on Instagram. So make sure y'all follow that. If you're at the game, come holler at me. Come check me out.
3: And follow him on uh, Twitter, at ZimHooday, and follow me, at New Stripe City on there. Another super chat from DJ Mister. Can we be a top 10 to 15 defense this year? Also, uh, who will be the starting offensive line week one? Um, I'll say that the top 10 to 15 defense this year is a wait and see for me. I think the defense looked very, very good. But you have to also consider that Tom Brady was only in for like maybe a series and a half, like if that. Um, and, And I think that they did solid against them. But you know, obviously, Blaine Gabbard is a totally different animal than Tom Brady and, and some of those starters that they have. I do like the the pressure that they got onto the quarterbacks and things of that nature. And I do like some of the looks that they have. But a lot of the stuff um, generally in preseason is going to kind of be vanilla into what they'll actually do during the season. So could they potentially be a top 15 defense? Yes, yeah, it's, it's possible. But I think it's just too early after just one game to completely say that. Um, Zim, did you want to take the second half of this question? Who will be the starting offensive line for week one?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, as as of right now, I, I out of nowhere, like, you know, like, like a good Cincinnati story, like Deontay, you know, Deontay Smith is looking like, to me, as of right now, looking like the front runner for right guard. I mean, we already knew left tackle was Jonah. We already knew left guard. Right. Spain sold that up. He came to camp and told you it was his job. So when a, when a grown man that big talking like that, you <laughs> he's he not playing around. So then in center, we got Hopkins, you know, so uh, he's been clear for everything like that. So he's hitting the ground running. Right guard was the one that's up in the air. It looks like it's going to come between Mike Jordan and uh, Deontay Smith. For me personally, nothing against MJ. I know he's looking better. I put out a tweet earlier today. I just said, for a year that inconsistent, um, I just lost all my trust in him because there are literally like two games that I watched from him and I couldn't believe he was on the field. It made me upset, like in the all season. So like to see him like now, like, you know, I'm not a prisoner at the moment. Like I, I kind of take it in and, you know, and I, and I can't forget that. So one of the th- challenges I have to him in which this is what all fans should do, I think. What's up Davis Martin? Tell your brother we kicked his ass on Sunday. <laughs> Because he was talking that Buccaneer stuff. I was like, bro, it's just a preseason game. It's the Bucks. We're going, you know, like, I don't even know what they're saying is what we're, we're going to buck up. It's a Bucks
3: life, I think.
2: Well, he probably was like, we're going to buck up. Well, we bucked you the buck up. All right. So then, so uh right guard, we got Deontay Smith, then uh then uh right tackle, uh, Riley Reese. So I like that lineup. Mike Jordan. I'm challenging him. The difference between a bad fan and a real fan is this. I want him to succeed. People that go online and be like, he sucks and the Bengals will never like you're a loser. I want him to win. But the difference is I'm challenging him to be better. And he cannot be that inconsistent. If he plays for us, why would you not want him to do good? But I just don't believe that he's a starting guard in the NFL, but now he can show me every week. I will come on here and say, he made me eat crow. And I love that. That's what I live for. So that's why I stand with Michael Jordan. And that was a great question though. Uh, DJ.
3: No, and, it's, and it's perfect because it does segue into the good. Uh, I, we did the ugly. We did the bad. Let's talk about the good. I had to do a double take. Mike Jordan's PFF grade was an 80 in pass blocking. However, he did struggle in the run blocking area. So he did get a 46 on that, according to PFF. Um, the the highest rated blocker, Deontay Smith, as Zim just talked about. I think that he's been on the inside track for that job for a while. For some reason, I know I said I just had a feeling the other week once I heard Zach Taylor speak about um, Deontay Smith. And I just felt like somehow it was going to end up if I'm projecting, I think it's going to be Quentin Spain and him like Zim is, I believe, saying as far as those two guards. Um, And then you also had Chris Evans, who did well. Uh, But, of course, we got to talk about Joseph Osai because Joseph Osai, bro, he was the best. I think Zim tweeted this. And I, bro, you were right. He was the best player on the field. Like, he was running like a man possessed. Like, people were just like, Osai is going crazy. And I, like, walked in on it when it was happening. And Osai to me looked like he's trying to start day one. I'm going to just keep it a buck. Like, I watched him on the cut the tape on. I saw this. He's always going to be a person that plays hard. Like, Osai will run to a a whole other side of the field and stuff like that. And he did. That impressed me. Exactly. The thing that impressed me the most was the moves that he used. Like, he didn't show that many moves in college like that. And that's what impressed me the most was that the motor. And he just honestly, like, blew the whole thing up. I don't – they're not giving Trey Henderson credit for that half a sack. I still felt like he was there too. That looked good. I uh, will let you get some of the stuff that you also thought looked good.
2: I, I was just gonna, I was gonna go on Osai. I was just gonna say, you know, I love that one too. That's another one. Two shows ago, I said, "Man, Osai it's that's not enough." You, the Bengals are banking on that, and, and I and I was I was watching this because, uh, like I said, I had my guys send me like a bunch of plays. There is not a defensive play in the first half of that football where he's not there. He's in every play. Like and he doesn't look like at first I was like oh man he looking like Lawson I get to I'm getting like uh the beginning of the third quarter I'm like he just looked like something like everything like, he was shaking. Ch- my favorite play is it was like a toss or something he's chasing the play weak side on it was like a weak side toss or something he comes mm-hmm. all the way across the field and chases that joint down and I mean like people I think I saw people celebrate like at the stadium because I I think people could just see him just flying across the screen yeah right, I right. mean. Those are the things that are going to take you to the next level. Like you know, there are some players, and you know Andy that be worse. Right. Beat
3: worse. The, he be worse. Game zero the,
2: sacks last year. The movie put on worse. Like and then that what he said afterwards. He's just like, yeah, I, I saw Rob Gronkowski. I saw like you know, like he's just kind of walking you mentally what he saw. But it it wasn't big. It the moment wasn't too big for him. Um, Osiri's a dog. Uh, talking about his wrist injury, because I know a lot of people want to talk about that. Jeff Hopson put out there today that he's on track to be ready for week one. It's not a broken, it, I mean, it's not a break, there's no fracture. Um, so that, that bodes well. I do, they're not going to let him play the rest of the preseason, is what I was told earlier today. I don't, they, I also heard that he probably is going to wear a brace, but not like a club, which is really good. But when sometimes when pe- teams say, somebody's on pace for week one, you got to kind of look at who it is. If they're looking at what I just saw, they might say, let's get this guy like 100% and like maybe roll him out week two, week three, if this thing is – if he's telling us he's having discomfort too because that is a major weapon. The other weapon I want to talk about is Evan McPherson. If the ball goes past the 50-yard line, like this is something that I think Bengals fans just haven't – heard in a while if the ball gets anywhere near the 50 bro we're scoring like Good. i feel like I, I, I feel i feel like i feel like how we you know if you're watching this right now you know how you saw joe burrow and say you were down in the game i always be like bro we always got a chance you always feel like he's gonna come back i feel like if you get past if we get anywhere near the 50 i'm getting three points and that's a weapon that we haven't had in a long time I'm not comparing him to nobody. I just know he was out there booming. Pre-game, my man Davis Martin sent me a bunch of clips, and I was posting them on Twitter and stuff. So people thought I was at the game, but my bro Davis Martin, who's in here tonight, shout out to him. He was sending me, like, live some good high-definition clips. 50 yards in the ring, booming them. Game time goes over, boom, kick the, the, kick the ball over the net. If, the ball's, if it's a 30-something-yard field goal, over the net every time, like this dude is kicking. Everybody that's there always says that they can hear it. So I mean, yeah, bro, that, that's can, a major weapon. It. My you last major, <laughs> my last major weapon. I do want to talk about um the uh, Hodge too for a second, but because right. because he, he was a beast too. But I, I know that we're a little short on time. But Hodge is also a monster. And he needs to keep up the consistency through the preseason because. If if you got that stepping up, then everything that I said thus far is null and void. You don't need a veteran guy that's been before. If you got guys that can consistently give you that, so I want to see him going up against first string. I think they should run Hodge out there uh, first quarter, first string, I'm and getting, just
3: say I'm getting Chris Carter vibes from Hodge. Remember Chris Carter back in the day, like he was an edge rusher he brought over from the Steelers. Like
2: my last going off. My last good one is Darius Phillips. I've been screaming this for the for my whole entire bangle, however long you guys have seen me. Some of the great, some of my favorite players in time are punt returners. I don't know why. I, I used to be a big uh Tamaric Vanover fan. If y'all remember him, he used to always do a crazy return. I was a big fan of Eric Bienemy. I was a big fan of Dion when he returned. Return game is just something I just always paid attention to. Darius Phillips has some of the intangibles and some of the things that, from a vision standpoint and how he sets up blocks on punt returns, that not a lot of guys have. Throughout the rest of the preseason, I watched a couple of other games in its entirety. Guys catch the ball, run straight into a pile of people, right? You know, like you see that. So it doesn't matter how fast you are. Couple that with the fact that he is fast. He does run a 4-4. So Darius Phillips is another weapon. If they can keep him healthy, but it's predicated on the secondary staying healthy. Because if Eli Apple is out, if um, Jalen Davis and all these guys are out like that, then they can't afford to have Darius Phillips returning all these punts. But Darius Phillips with that 140-yard kick, I got a chance to finally show. Somebody messaged me and said, bro, I see what you're talking about. That dude is a beast, bro. I, and, no, I I, and they have to They have to use him. If he's available, that's another weapon. We can change the Definitely. field a lot. And one of the things I was saying, this is about two months ago, I said, Ace, we're not going to have the best defense. We might not have the best offense. Like As much as everybody thinks that we're going to light it up, but the one thing that we can have is the best special teams. So those are two different things that played out really, really well for us on that preseason game is that. One of their goals as a Bengals fan or on the Bengals team and staff, Darius Simmons should be telling them, like, hey, look, this is one thing that we can do probably better than anybody in the division, but it's going to take a lot of effort and it's going to take a lot of this talent like Darius Phillips and guys actually getting the opportunity to do it.
3: Nah, That's facts. And you hit on another huge positive. The special teams, according to PFF, graded as the highest unit on this team from the scrimmage. I believe they had an elite grade. Another thing that we left out, Cam Sample, the rookie, also had a half sack in there. And I can't forget my man Jacquez. I've been telling y'all since like a year ago, ever since we signed him, that Jacquez Patrick was not a normal, not a normal uh, undrafted player that the Bengals signed. Uh, Led all the running backs, 15 carries for 71 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. I think that he got the opportunity to really throw his hat in there uh, for the fourth running back spot. So shout out to my man, Jacquez Patrick, for sure. Uh, But next time we will be breaking down after Zim gets to go to the Washington football team game. We'll be talking about that. Uh, I think we'll be previewing that. So look for that probably around Thursday, Friday. Uh, But if you really want to know when we're going live, please be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channels. His is Zim Hude, Mine is New Stripe City. Make sure you hit that alerts button so that way you're notified whenever we go live so that you can catch this. Also, follow us on the Sensi Jungle Facebook. And Zim, what's that you got on, bro? That look kind of fresh.
2: Hey, hey, thank you. This is from... (laughs) my 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 half sister yes quintana ain't that the hardest name of all time like somebody just anyway but yes put this out this is the into the jungle series that she's put out and it says nasty natty because i'm a nasty natty boy you know i'm with pollock we're king of the nasties out here so i really appreciate this it feels great yes you did amazing job on this this is what her collaboration with where i'm from this is a amazing shirt my wife also has like one of her crop top ones or whatever. I'm gonna put out a picture of that. It looks really 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 dope. This is good stuff. I don't have no cap in my wrap. I'm gonna tell you if if it was if it was trash, I wouldn't even wear it. This shirt is hard and I really appreciate that yes even gave me a nice little note. I just put it on and it feels great. I did want to say this cuz somebody said this in the uh in the thing. Yes, I'm super probably hungover cuz I'm gonna tell y'all this. I tore New York City up. I'm going I'm to put up some videos <laughs> where we just it through. I'm walking around with a tiger. You know what I'm saying? Like we're going into bars and we're preaching who they are. Converted people on the streets. I got video evidence of it. I've told everybody that they need to be a Bengals fan. i asked them where were they at in their life and stuff like that. And i just preached the gospel of who they. And guess what? We got brand new fans and we're coming to town. And I'm going to be there week four. And I'm going to tell you this. If I'm in the building, it's going to turn all the way up. Because yes. every time, like, bro, watch. I'm going to post some videos. We was <laughs> we was going crazy. Like, I just pulled up with a Tiger in a bar. And we was just, everybody was with it. I'm like, these are the coolest guys in the world. We got Chase. We, I'm telling grandmas about Jamar Chase. I'm telling them about T. Higgins. I'm telling everybody. Like, do you know who these guys are? No, who are they? They're going to take over the lead. You know, yes. get get on. You know, and they're like, yeah, yeah, like, we with it. I'm like they like they like Zim, that's a nice chain. I'm like, yeah, all of us wear chains. Oh, Joe Mixon's got a nice chain. I'm like, yeah, so I just thought that was dope. Like, I'm gonna show y'all a video of that, but really big stuff coming from that. Be sure y'all keep on supporting Ace's shirt too, because I wonder how I wonder, I wish I would have wore that when I went, went to the bar, but that shirt is so fire and it's picking up some steam. I saw our guy Joe Goodberry, he had his on yeah. earlier today, so that. That was really dope, too. Um, But yeah, keep on supporting us, guys. Like we're going to do way more shows coming up now that football season is here. We're not going to be doing one show a week. We're going to do two, possibly three, sometimes even four. I'm
3: about to say it
2: might be four. I'm still I'm going to start going back on. If you guys met me from Instagram, I'm going to start going back on Instagram a lot more and doing my lives on there, too, because I cannot stray away. That's how I got here.
3: Facts, facts. One last shout out to my man Dust kilo 101. Appreciate that, coach, uh, for the super chat. But of course, then we gotta end this with a yes.
2: Sir Hello world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball had a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. You know, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports.